Never been to therapy before? The common beliefs about therapy that you take for granted might not be true. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life's challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the common myths or misconceptions about therapy. Many of these myths have been made popular in general media, while you may have heard others from friends or family. Either way, I want to dispel these myths and give you the truth. Myth number one. Therapy is for crazy people. The way that the term crazy can be used by the general public often minimizes and bullies the legitimate experiences of others. Often, when we use this word, it's meant to be hurtful and not as an actual descriptor of behavior. Let's put it this way. If you went to a medical doctor and said, I'm in pain, they would ask you a series of questions to determine what's causing your pain because that statement is too general to actually mean anything. So when we say crazy, what do we mean? Someone who has been depressed, anxious, lost a parent, seen active combat in war, struggled with substances, experienced burnout, had a miscarriage, gone through a divorce, has low self-esteem, or someone who's unsure of their next steps in life? All of the above and more? Do you see my point? Therapy is for everyone. And by this broad definition, we are either all crazy or none of us are. Myth number two, therapy is for weak people. Needing help is a natural state of being. While we want to be as independent as possible, we all need support from time to time. This all makes sense. From an evolutionary perspective, humans are tribal and we like to function in groups. You're not weak for going to therapy. You wouldn't call an athlete weak for needing a personal coach to help them improve their performance. So why would you shame a person for needing a therapist to improve their entire life and well-being? In fact, I would say that it takes an incredible amount of strength to be honest with yourself and approach the challenge of personal growth and development. Myth number three, therapy is just talking. If you listened to my interview prior to becoming the host of this podcast, you'll remember my stance on this. In case you missed it, I'll remind you of my direct quote. Talking is the instrument by which the intervention is delivered to the patient. Like a needle delivering a life-saving vaccine to someone, the magic isn't in the poke of the needle, it's in the content of the syringe and what mechanisms are activated as a result. Contrary to popular belief, I didn't go to school for 10 years simply to talk to people. Like any doctor, I wanted to learn how to fill a need in our society. Talking is a tool that I use, the same way a medical doctor might use a stethoscope. If it were only talking, then you could talk to anyone and get the same result. And we all know that's not true. 
If you hand a scalpel to someone untrained, it's only capable of cutting. If you hand it to someone who is trained, it's capable of saving a life. Don't allow anyone to minimize the work you are currently doing or may do with your therapist. It's valuable and it's not just talking. Myth number four, therapy should work in a few sessions. Another common myth I run into is that therapy should be quick. I often tell my new patients that the length of therapy is based on a multitude of factors because the needs of an individual is complex. If you have a straightforward anxiety disorder without complicating factors and you're fully engaged in the therapeutic interventions necessary for success, then perhaps you can see a significant improvement in a few months. Most of the time, however, it's not straightforward. Our issues are just as complex as the world that we live in. We may have strained relationships with our parents, body image issues that we can't shake, perfectionism that makes it difficult to get through the day, or a chronic medical illness that is also contributing to our mental health condition. If the problem could be solved in five minutes, you probably would have never made it to my office in the first place. You would have done the mental health equivalent of taking some cold medicine and called it a day. You should honor your pain by taking the amount of time that is necessary to fully heal. Mental health is more complex than breaking a bone. A doctor can tell you that a broken bone will heal in six weeks. Can you imagine someone sitting in front of you asking how long it takes to fix a broken heart? For most people, there isn't a necessity to be in ongoing therapy for the rest of your life, but don't rush it. It might take a few months, a year, or a few years. Whatever you need to live your best life, do it for yourself. You're worth it. Myth number five, therapy should feel good all the time. Depending on the work that you're doing, you may experience discomfort in some sessions. Growth at times requires unpleasantness, which is why they're called growing pains. Much of the time, you might feel better following a session, while other times you might not because you recognize there is more work to do. For instance, you may come to a therapy session and explore your avoidance of speaking to your mother about an important issue. We may role play the scenario and determine that you should approach this conversation. Despite your wise mind knowing this is the most effective way to resolve the situation, you may still feel anxious and that may be uncomfortable. Feeling better may not occur until following through fully with the intervention. Myth number six, therapists blame everything on your childhood. Speaking of moms, there is often a myth that we blame everything on your upbringing and solely focus on the past. What really happens is this. We take into consideration all of the information that is relevant to the concerns that you bring into therapy. 
There are therapeutic styles that focus more on the past and some that focus more on the present. Regardless of the modality, we are here to get to the source of the problem and aid you in healing. Myth number seven. Therapist can be my friend, sexual partner, or romantic partner. This is something I see in popular culture all the time, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Once a therapist enters into a professional relationship with you, it is unethical for them to engage in these sorts of relationships. There may be small variations in how the ethics codes are written between the different types of therapists. For instance, psychologists, social workers, mental health counselors. However, the general rule is simply no. You might watch 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and think, well, maybe if my therapist discontinues treatment, they can date me just like the movie. A loud and resounding no. Myth number eight. Therapists are only here because they are paid and they don't really care. It's true. You must pay me to have this therapeutic relationship. It is my livelihood, and I am providing a necessary service. But that doesn't mean I don't care, in the same way that many people care about their own jobs. Therapists want to reduce your suffering and help you discover happiness. I've supervised multiple new therapists at this point, and I commonly remind them to not give too much of themselves. There's rarely an issue with them not giving enough to their patients. I care about my patients and I want them to succeed. As long as you are willing to do the work, I will sit with you in the darkest recesses of your mind and help you generate light. Did I miss any common myths? Was there anything I said that was surprising to you? Let me know in the comments on Instagram at KindMindPsych, via my email at psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com, or leave a voicemail at 929-256-2191. The Savvy Psychologist is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulis. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller, and our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for this episode of Savvy Psychologist. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.